Good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Chuck Johnson, and I am uh, the president of Summit Comedy, and here you are watching The Check Drop. So welcome. Today is uh, Monday, September 28th, and um, I have an amazing guest uh, with me. She's sitting here waiting in the wings uh, for me to bring her on, and um, I've known this person for, I don't know, it seems like a million years, but uh, we'll talk about this. But uh, my guest today was the uh, 2015 Campus Activities uh, Magazine Female Performer of the Year, has been seen on NBC's Last Comic Standing, and her clean, dry bar comedy special, The Sharpest Knife on the Porch, can be seen on Amazon Prime. Please welcome to the check drop, Miss Jesse Campbell. Jesse! Hello! <laughs> How are you, friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm so happy to be with you right now. I'm happy with you. I think you have to call me Mrs. because I'm married. Isn't it Mrs.? Or is it Ms.? Mers. Well, there's like a. Mers. If you don't know, maybe you just say whatever, right? I just want to make it very clear up top. I'm not available. <laughs> I just want to make it very clear. <laughs> so first thing I want to get out in the open that I'm not available. <laughs> so for the people uh, watching live or listening on the podcast uh, later, uh, Jesse was really upset that I just now got her on at episode 16. That it's taken me this long to get her on. We're like best friends. This is not okay. <laughs> well, I knew I could count on you in a pinch whenever I needed to. So. Oh, in a pinch when you're out of other comics, when you're out of people you want to interview? <laughs> no, I, I, you are for sure on the list. And uh, I don't know how many more of these I'm going to do. I'm, I don't know. I mean, the demand may be there. To, uh, I don't know if anybody's mm. watching. I mean, there's only six people watching live currently, so... Who knows? Oh, I that's mean, more than one of them's my husband and one's my sister. So there's really only four. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is yet to watch a single one of these, by the way. <laughs> you know what's funny? I was watching one and I was one of two viewers once. And then I was messaging Tommy Ryman and he was the other viewer. Uh, <laughs> so it was just the two of us watching. You're like, this looks pretty good. Hey, maybe he'll invite me on. He's like, sorry, Tommy, I'll get you on eventually here yeah. too. Oh, oh now, now you have to because I name dropped him. I know, so. right? He's, he's one of the ones watching right now going, son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Tommy, if you're watching, comment in the comments right now. Oh, yeah. my God. So, so, uh, so how have you been through all this uh, COVID mess? Um, I mean, emotionally, I've been housing ice cream like it's not going to exist. That's really just my coping mechanism. But right. um, I don't know. I think all comics, like and a lot of people who work in an industry are having like an existential crisis. You know, it's like our job, our world no longer exists. It just doesn't. And I think about like every show I'm in, there's like five techs running the lights and running the whatever. You know, it's like every comedy club that has wait staff, And it's like just our industry is just like bye like it's just over so i think we're all having like a bit of an existential crisis on like what we're gonna who we're gonna be you know well, so do you feel know. though i mean that that uh it's getting better i mean i mean i i think like march april may was kind of like i felt what you felt i was like holy shit we're we're yeah. batting down the hatches and yeah. you know i'm not doing virtual comedy this is ridiculous i'll just wait it out yeah. and then and then now obviously hey Let's adapt. Let's pivot. Let's let's make yeah. this work. So no, it's been. I mean, like I know a lot of guys that have had to get jobs, and I've had some virtual shows. And, you know, I haven't had to do that, so I can't really complain. But it was like a weird. It, it all happened when I was on a cruise. Like I literally got off a cruise March 14th or March 13th, and then the next day was lockdown in Los Angeles. So we were like watching the news of like, oh, a woman got stabbed in Georgia over toilet paper, and like we landed, and it was like I, I was like running to the airport. Like, I was like, okay, you know the stand at the beginning of the stand where that guy, you, you know the stand, the Stephen King thing? Yeah, yeah. Right? So at the beginning, there's like a virus breakout at a military base, and there's a guy that knows, like, he knows it's a breakout, and he just, like, runs. And he's the whole reason the whole world falls apart. And I was like, I got off a cruise ship, and I ran and got on an Uber. I ordered the Uber before I was off the ship. I flew, I get to the airport. I got an early flight home because I was like, they're gonna make us go into quarantine. And so I was like, oh, I'm the guy from the stand. Like, I'm like, like, I'm not helping. (laughs) Well, I always felt like, like, I've known you a while and I always feel like you kind of were almost prepared for this moment in in this world. Because you've been like a, yeah, Yeah. you're like a doomsday prepper type scenario. And I think we used to joke about it going, yeah, that's not. I mean, I was the exact exact opposite when March, you know, thirteenth hit. My birthday was March fourteenth, so uh, <laughs> so I'm at a bar which was kind of half open and was like, "Hey, I think we need to shut down, but you know, yeah. come on in still and have a beer." beer. And you know, Shayla's like, uh, "I'm gonna you know, take care of you for your birthday," you know, and and I'm like, "This this is depressing." By that time, I already had like 
maybe 45% of my all of my shows canceled. So it's like, yeah. happy birthday. <laughs> like, it's like, this blows. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I was more uh, the like, hey, this isn't, it'll be okay. And mm-hmm. it seems like you're ready for this. So, well, it was, I mean, I'm not a, I used to be more into that. And then kind of like, you kind of realize, like, we had an earthquake. I live in Los Angeles, and we had an earthquake a while ago. Like, there was, like, the big one was coming, we had a couple of them. And I, I listened to this whole podcast on how, like, even if the worst earthquake in the world hit here, it would take two days for the National Guard to get here. You know, it's like, unless it's the end of the world, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know, it's like the shelves were empty for a couple of weeks. Like, it was it was definitely weird. And then it's fine now. It's like, you, you know what I mean? So it's like, as soon as distribution catches up, unless it's the end of the world, it's fine. You know, so it's like a lot of them, actually my fears, a lot of them have been very eased by this whole thing because now things seem, you know, it's like I wear a mask and I still go to the grocery store and, you know, it's like I'm still eating M&Ms every night, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's a weird normalization for this now. Like, yeah. You know, just but walking around with I mean, the, the masks. Yeah. And I, I mean, do you yeah. think now, like in five years from now, people will still be wearing masks? Um, I'm going to wear a mask forever. That's my plan. <laughs> I do jokes about this on stage now and like in my virtual shows, but like, I, lo- I have a really sensitive sense of smell. Like, and it's actually Jeff just made, my husband just made fun of me because we were, um, we just went to visit my sister and she just had a baby. And congratulations I literally, again, by the way, I will, I will tell she's watching. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> she's one of the people watching <laughs> and she goes, um, and literally we're at, we're traveling. So my husband has like his travel toiletries and he sits down next to me on the couch and I went, I smell a man. And he was like, what are you talking about? Cause he has like a different deodorant okay. when he travels. So like for me, the mask his travel is deodorant. Just, yeah, and it smells like a whole different man. I'm like, who's this man? Like, he was really offended that I said, a man. Like, that was like... I'm like, there's a man around, husband. Do you see a man? Like, But I'm just like... I, so I can smell people's breath really bad. Like, in the mask, I cannot be happier in this mask. Like, I don't smell anything. And it's like my favorite thing in the world. I love it. Yeah. I've been wearing it forever. Last week, I went to the grocery store to pick up some uh, stuff uh, for a little little get-together we're having. It was a small get-together. Don't, don't judge me on, on the... <laughs> world don't judge me um but i get all the way there and i literally walked out and i s- looked down and i was like i see everybody wearing a mask and i'm not i don't have one for whatever reason i just i had to go all the yeah. way back i was so pissed like you know i've been upset during this you know because the you know the comedy world's in the shitter uh etc mm-hmm. but but i think that was the the maddest i had been <laughs> since this started i was like i'm over it like this is done. Like, <laughs> that I have to drive four miles back to my house to grab a damn mask yeah, to go yeah. back just to get some some milk and bread or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I'm over. Yeah, it. I'm very pro mask, and like I think I mean I don't want to get political, but it's like the people not wearing masks are why things are still shitty. Like just wear a mask and stay six feet apart. We'd be done. We'd be done. You know. Well, and it's like, oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things that are frustrating that people do and that'll never go away, like like racism. <laughs> we haven't solved that yet. I mean, honestly, are we still are we still not like, solving hmm. that? <laughs> okay, yeah. So I don't so, know if the two of us should talk about it. My color's the same as my shirt, my face. So I'm like, I don't know if I have the right to talk about it. Like, I feel like I don't. Know. You ha- your shirt's black, right there. See, see I'm saying it's well, that's true. I'm, you know, I don't see color. Actually, honestly, Jack, I don't see color. I didn't. I couldn't tell. Oh my god. So, so you have a son who is now four years old. How old is he? Four. I have a bunch of pictures of him. Four. Yeah, he's and four. So, so this is his his world. Like he doesn't know any different. So, Dude, I'm like, how is I that so bad for him. with a child yeah. like coming into this world? I mean, because at one and two, you don't know shit, anyways, right? I mean, so yeah. you know, was, three and four is kind of where you start kind of getting into like, yeah. you know, hey, this is what's yeah. going on in the world. And now he's like, oh, mom, like you don't have your mask, so yeah, <laughs> it's been um, it's been tough for him. Like he literally, we had like we would go to the park on Sundays with friends, and he would go to baby just called my gym. He had a dance class, he had preschool, all this stuff, and then he's just like, no, you're gonna be inside with us 24 hours a day, you know. And it's just like it was hard for him, and he's back in preschool now. But it was just like it was hard for months and months and months. And I'm like, there's no way to explain to him, you know. I'm like, there's people that are sick, man. Yeah. Like, there's no way to explain to him, like, hey, there's a pandemic. Like, do you know what a pandemic is? You're four. <laughs> you know, like, he's an amateur paleontologist. Like, he'll tell you all about spinosauruses, but he doesn't know shit about pandemics. Like, he's useless. So it's been, like, really hard to, like, explain it to him. But he's also, like, kids are pliable. Like, we literally told him, I'm like, you want to go Target, you got to wear a mask. And he's like, okay. And you just wear, you know, so it's like, he behaves better than most grownups. 
because an authority figure said, hey, this is probably going to do wear a mask. And he was like, I hear you. I hear you. So well, it's, yeah, you know, I, it's hard. But. Again, if the rest of the world will just listen and, and comply like children do. Okay. You're going to get in trouble if you don't. Okay. All right. Yeah. Do I was talking about that with somebody like, man, I wish we had a totalitarian government, man. People be doing this shit. Like, like there is something to be said for China that's bolting people, like welding their doors shut. It's like, oh, that works. That works. You know, right. like, I'm like, oh, okay. I see. Uh, I see what's happening. Right. So, um, yeah. Well, let's get right into uh, your comedy history um, and uh, past. Uh, first, first off, I'm trying sure. to remember how long uh, have you and I been working together? Dude, I mean, uh, maybe 15 years. No, oh. I would say really? 13 years. Yeah, right. a long time because I was maybe four. I would say probably about 14 years is my guess, okay. but I could be wrong. I've used uh, I've used the story of you quite a bit, even on this podcast about. Um, hmm. Uh, the first time you sent me a um, a reel, and then a VHS. Yeah, a VHS reel. A VHS. That, well, that's how, yeah. how that's how long we've been yeah. working together. Yeah. VHS time. <laughs> it's a VHS. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you sent it to me, it wasn't the greatest production aspect, but that doesn't bother me when I watch uh, comedians out there. I mean, I don't care if it looks like shit as long as you are still funny. Um, I can't use that for obviously promotional reels and such but uh i use that a lot with you that, that that you sent me a reel that wasn't very good it was the back of a, a a bar and you could hardly see yourself but the content was great and it was funny and such but the story i, I tell is that when you you may have stretched the truth a bit when when oh you, my god i have a rebuttal to this story so <laughs> i out there listening i uh, had asked jesse he's like hey do you have an hour material um we were specifically looking at the college market and you need that much time and she goes yeah i, I sure do and we move forward in uh, representation and and the first uh, showcase you were actually at an apca conference in atlanta and you murdered you killed it it was just great and um you got a ton of work and then I think it was later on that next semester you told me that you didn't have that hour, but you did at that time. Um, by the time you went to your first show, yeah. So well, that's what like. So what is your you rebuttal? Tell this story. Okay, so here's you tell the story like I'm some big liar. Okay, <laughs> which which first I, of all, I, 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 I said stretch the truth. I didn't but, say call you a liar. <laughs> but here's the thing: I spent all summer working on new material, so like I didn't have it then. But then when I needed it, like I knew I had time. Like this was like February, and I knew it was going to be till like August, September, when I needed the material. So I spent all summer, like every day, writing, doing open mics, like six nights a week. Like when I did gigs, like doing new jokes. Like I spent all summer, and I wrote, you know, brand new forty minutes or whatever I needed. So it's like I think like. I think it's stretching the truth, but I also knew that I had it in me. You know, I, like if you told me today, hey, right. in December, I need you to have a new hour, I would have a new hour by December. You know, it's like, so, like, I think it's just about, like, my, I have, like, a pretty strong work, work ethic when I feel like it. You know, like, so, when I knew I needed Wait. to, you know, so. <laughs> I have a pretty strong work ethic at sometimes. <laughs> yeah, when I, like, when I, like, I haven't been doing nothing now, but like maybe this fall I'll I'll try to work on some new stuff. But like, no, I, but I knew no, I, I needed the time. And then uh, because uh, those not watching or, or watching or listening later on uh, as well, usually at those conferences you don't you don't get your first actual date of uh, working mm -hmm. until about five to six months after a showcase typically. So so yeah, so yeah. you you did you did everything right. You did everything I did. right. I did everything right. And I mean, and it, you know, it, and it got you, um, you know, on board Summit. I mean, and we've been working ever since. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. a beautiful thing. So I have the luxury um, of not stressing. You know, it's like I basically work a school schedule. And like, if I'm like, I have the summer off, I'm like, I guess I have the summer off. And that's like really a luxury for comedians, you know, to be like, I have two months off and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to work. Like, I think I'll just play video games. Like, that's yeah. kind of. Yeah. You know. I mean, and you, uh, I guess early on you were still doing a lot of everything, uh, clubs yeah. and colleges, um, and then eventually we started getting you into cruise ships and such. But um, mm. um, now, over the last five years or so, you haven't done many clubs. Is that correct? No, and I'm, if, if there's any comics that are going to watch this, I think that's been a mistake. Like, I honestly say, like, there's guys that I really look up to and really respect. A like mistake Roy that you haven't Tommy. worked any any clubs? Yeah, okay. like like guys like Tommy and Roy like set aside that time. Like they were like, I need to do clubs, and I was like, well, why am I gonna? You know, it's like I was featuring and co-headlining and headlining a couple, and it's like no money. And I was like, well, you know, I'm making money at colleges. Like, why would I, you know, waste the time? But those are really valuable. 
you know, it's like the clubs are so valuable for building a fan base and getting seen and meeting people. Like when you're on colleges, you're by yourself. Like you're literally, I travel by myself in my hotel by myself. I work by myself and I go home. So you don't meet other comics and clubs are so valuable to make friends. And, and, you know, like to, it's like, there's people that I met in clubs 10 years ago that I run into today. And it's like, no time has passed, you know, but like you meet few and fewer people and do co uh, colleges. So I should have sucked it up and done the, done the clubs. Like I should have done it, you know, and they're fun and they're a different audience and you kind of like, I found my sets getting a little weaker because college audiences can be more patient. Yeah. So when you do clubs and when you do cruises, you get back to that more like, hey, you gotta like be punchier and be, you know, like you could be a little slower on colleges. So then right. when I started cruises again and doing other clubs and stuff, I started to have to almost rewrite stronger material because they just need more of like a, just more of a thing than colleges are much more patient. You know, they're it's an hour you can kind of stretch things out like yeah i don't know yeah. i don't know if i mean patient is a word but it's also just um they're just not knowledgeable of going to comedy clubs because mm -hmm. a lot of comedy clubs got to be 21 to go to yeah um so a lot of these college kids are 18 19 years old watching live stand-up for the very first time i mean i've had that many times people come into the booth go you're the funniest comedian i've ever seen and um I mean, I yeah. mentioned the story about <laughs> Will Marfori once said uh, uh, that somebody came up to him and he goes, how many have you seen? <laughs> like, you. That was it. Yeah, yeah. That was the first one. You were the first yeah. one I've seen live. So, but, um, yeah. So, I, I, but the thing is, that's how you got your stripes, though, working the, working mm -hmm. the clubs. And you can't go from, you can't just j dive right in and do an hour at a college. No. You have to yeah. work uh, the road and such. Um so it's like it's I can think of it like the first like like L.A. Like people talk like, oh, you got to move to L.A. It's like like I'm a nobody like I'm not famous or anything, but like I will do a showcase with L.A. comics and I'll do better than them. And it's like because I have that road, work. you know, it's like their guys just going up at an open mic in L.A. and they have seven minutes and that's it. It's like, well, they can't deal with any adversity or maybe like a glass breaks during their set and they just panic, you know, because they don't have like you need that road work. You need that like experience. It's like the 10,000 hour thing. Like you need that before you're you're any good. I think. Yeah. Do you uh, do you um, hold true to that uh, that stereotype that you're not a real comedian until you're ten years in? I've heard that quite a bit. Or you, you find know, your find your voice, I guess, after ten years. And... I feel like I always had my voice. Like if I watch a really old set, it's like still the same. Like I have the same cadence and everything, but like you get better at bad sets. Like my Jeff told me. Um, at some point, this was a while ago, so I, maybe it was like 10 years in, he goes, like, I would have, like, bad shows. And then all of a sudden he goes, oh, you haven't said you had a bad show. Not that I'm like, oh, I killed, but, like, I would have shows where I would come home and be, like, like upset. Like, oh, this show went really bad. And then he goes, well, that hasn't been happening. And I realized it was me that when I would have a show that was, like, going bad, I would almost, like, fold into myself and, like, speak softer and not, you know, like, not be bothering the audience. And then now when a show's going bad, I take it up a notch and you can get them back. You know, or you can take a quiet audience and make them pay attention. And I think that's experience. You know, it was like all of a sudden I had just gotten better. And I didn't even realize I'd gotten better. Like, I didn't even know what had happened. You know, but it's like, it, so I think that kind of like, you have you need time yeah. for that. Like, I'll watch people struggle on stage. I go, hey, you just got to be, like, if they just gave it a little bit more, they could turn these people, you know? Like, but you have to learn that from the inside before, you know, you, and that takes a lot of time, I think. And how long uh, do you think uh, you were into your career before you had that? I mean, to, probably to, 10 years to be able to pivot and, and you know, yeah, to... I mean, a long time. Like I was and I've been on the road full time since I was like 22, 23, like something like like a, like I was really young and I started headlining when I was like 25, 26. And I think even then I probably couldn't do it that well. But like I started when I was 18 and I would say I was probably like 30 before I was even able to like do that kind of stuff. And some people are better. Some people move faster. But like, I just think it takes time. It takes time to get good at that. Noted. I got a question in the comments here. Uh, my buddy Andrew, uh, love to know what uh, what uh, comedians inspired you. I guess to start doing stand up. I mean, obviously you started so young at eighteen. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think you uh, comics either start really early like that or yeah. really late. There's not too many that say, yeah, I started when I was thirty two. You know. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel so. You 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 with the young route. That's why I was thirteen when I knew I wanted to be a comic, and I was under 18 my parents were sneaking into the local comedy club and then i was 18 right i graduated high school and then did my first open mic so that was like i that, that was it for me i knew i was gonna be a comic my whole life i already i already knew 
And uh, why so, was that? Did, was there something? Did you did you watch an HBO special or something? Yeah, and, I and, did. And I did. Like yeah. underneath, like hiding behind the the, the yeah. couch, um, watching so, Andy Murphy or something. Yeah. So I grew up on on comedy. Like my parents are comedy fans, and we used to listen. Like my mom had like Bill Cosby records, which like you're not allowed to say you're like Bill Cosby now. But like <laughs> when say, I was like a kid, <laughs> say that. when I was a kid, we would listen. You know, it's like uh, give us a chocolate cake. Like we would like when we were kids, we listened to these records. And then when I was 13. I think it was 13. Richard Jenny, do you remember him? He had yeah, this big yeah, special yeah. platypus man. Well, yeah, I was just about to say, what was the yeah. animal? Yeah, platypus. Platypus yeah. man. Yeah. And my parents, so it was on VHS. My parents would let me watch to like a certain point because it was like clean and then he like closed dirty. And so like at a certain point, they would not let us watch the rest of it. So when they went to bed, because my mom sleeps like you like you just murdered her, like she doesn't wake up. So we just do whatever we want in the house. That's we I would go analogy and... of how, you, how she sleeps. <laughs> Is she watching here too? Jesus. No, I just actually, honestly, she was just murdered. So I probably shouldn't say that. No, I was kidding. But like <laughs> she, they would go to bed and I would put the tape back in and watch the dirty material. And like, I was so excited to like get to watch this. And that was, I was 13 when I watched that. And I was like, this is it. Like I knew that. And I wrote my first joke. I actually have it. I got to find it. It's on a piece of paper. So Richard Ginny was, like, was your, yeah. your inspiration. Yeah. Which is like kind of embarrassing now. Cause it's like, it's like terrible nineties comedy, but yeah, I don't remember him much. I mean, um, and yeah. then I, did he commit suicide? He, oh, he did. He did. <laughs> He's, he's super dead. As I'm laughing, I shouldn't laugh, but yeah, I'm laughing at your response. But You're um, like, is well, he I dead? couldn't remember. I could, I knew he died, but I couldn't remember how he yeah. died. So I, don't, I uh, honestly don't remember how. It's been a while. I think he died a while ago, though. Yeah. So that gone, makes it more funny. Gone too yeah. soon. Death by yeah. like strangled by a platypus. Yeah. Ironically, that's what happened. <laughs> But that was like, I knew when I was 13, I was like, this is because he just like, he was super energetic and like, it just, I was like, this is it. Like, I knew that's what I wanted to do forever. Yeah. Chris Killian so. says hello. I, Chris I guess Killian. that's a hello. <laughs> Dude, he, can I tell you something funny about Chris? Um, oh, I hope he's still watching. Oh, oh see, okay. I have to tell you about the first time I worked with him. It's like this really funny story. So he and I worked together at a college and he was going first and I was going after him. And he and I are talking. We never. This is the first time we ever met. I'm glad I put and that he, order at least. That if it was yeah. the first time doing a college. Like, <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, it was the first time we worked together. Oh, like okay. I don't know if it was his first college. All right. But he had. So, okay. I talked to him before the show. We're meeting. Never met him. And he had. So what looked like, herpes all over his face. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. He goes, oh, so no. I, okay, so I start texting. I think it was Rob at the time or you. I start texting, like, uh, don't ever book me with this guy again. Like, I'm panicking because we have to share a microphone. And I was like, no. Like, I'm texting. I'm angry. And then I literally took an alcohol wipe and wiped the microphone after him because I just had to go. Like, he introduced me. And then after the show, he comes up and he goes, he goes, I fell off a motorcycle. Like, can you see? And I was like, oh, my. I was like, dude, I've been telling people you have herpes. Like, I was like. <laughs> I was like already telling people, and I was like, "You should." Without even asking, you just went right in. <laughs> no. I'm a terrible Sorry. person, like, dude. But it was like, Sorry, Chris. right away, like, yeah, I know. And I was like, uh, I felt so bad, but it was also like really funny. That I was like, I've already been telling people not to make out with you. Like, I've already been warning people. Like, <laughs> maybe we should just go down everybody on the Summit Comedy roster. Yeah. And see if yeah. you have a funny story about every one of them. I mean. The odds are I do, but it was just like I felt I felt so bad. But it was Eric so Gauthier, you're up dude. next. Yeah. Oh, let me, girl. I was kidding. I, I, no, I was kidding. But no, it was just like oh, uh, uh, I felt so bad. But it was so funny at the time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was like angrily texting, angrily texting that I can't, I did not want to work with him again. <laughs> like, That's so funny. Chris was my yeah. very first get, guest on uh, on the uh, the check drop. Oh, Chris I don't know if I watched that one. I should have. Mm. Yeah, I love he had, him. He's amazing. He had just had like a uh, had a uh, wreck on his motorcycle, and his face was on this time. <laughs> Again? Did Wait, he not mention what? it? And you thought he had herpes? Wait, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so you were in Arizona with us uh, when you grew up, correct? All right. So, yeah. what was the first club like you that you, I guess, stumbled into, or or like how did it work? Um, did you, was that planned? Like, hey, I'm gonna write a couple minutes. Did you do an open mic, or what was your your process of getting on stage well, for the very first time? I got very lucky. Um, so my parents were super encouraging and really like helpful and they still like, they're very proud of what I do. Um, they, so my mom took me to an open mic. 
uh, when I was like 18, my mom took me like yeah. just a bar, and I was like too scared. I didn't go on. Like I was, I was actually, I'm actually like very shy and like introverted when I don't know people. Like I actually don't talk to people in public and stuff. And then my dad found this. Um, Most people are that way, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I'm just it, like, but people just expect randomly like, I'm not like, yeah, I'm not in public. Like, hey, everybody, like I'm not like that in public. But like, my dad found an ad in the newspaper for a comedy class at our local comedy club. And okay. he, my dad literally called the number and handed me the phone. Like my dad made me do it. So I took a class, which I know a lot of those are like scams. They're not very good. But the guy who taught the class, like uh, to this day, I feel like I still follow the things he told me. And so I took this class. So it was like eight weeks or whatever. And then afterwards you get to do a set at laughs was in Tucson was a local club. And I went up and just like, I mean, it's all your friends and family, you know, you're set up for success, which is like the point. And right, I just yeah. went up and like, so it's like murdered. the ultimate, ultimate bringer show, right? You just get yeah, all your family dude, to come out. It's like all your friends and family of all the people. So encouraged. everybody's clapping, you know, and I like murder and I'm like, oh, I'm going to make, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm really good at this. And then I Did just you really murder. Like, dude, well, here's the thing. Like the first time <laughs> I want to see this, you know? do you have it on, dude. Yeah, have it on VHS? I mean, I think I have it on like <laughs> a laser disc or something. I don't know what I have. Blue ray. Like, then for like, dude, six months after that, I didn't get a single laugh. You know, you have that like beginner's luck a lot, and then literally like a year, I open mic every week and just no laughs, no laughs, no laughs. Like, what happened? You know? I, I yeah, killed that first yeah. night. But you get that taste, so you think like I can I can get that back. You get that taste, and yeah. then like then just never like for a long time I was like super shitty. So how long was the uh, class? How many like weeks? I think it was like eight weeks, twelve weeks. I mean, I really? honestly couldn't. I, I don't. I mean, it was so long ago. I don't remember. I. Uh, and so, yeah. Do you remember the comic's name, or or was it not? A, or was it? Oh, a it was. Uh, his name's His name's Tim Farrell. He used to be like an improviser. He lives in I think upstate New York now. He doesn't live in Arizona anymore. Okay. But cool. yeah, I did not know that about you. Yeah. I didn't know you uh, did that. Class. I could see you looking yeah. down upon those like Bleh. comedy well, classes. <laughs> there's been some. Now I'm not maybe, gonna. I, guess. I mean. There's been some that were like, I'm not going to say any names, but there's a guy that did him in Minneapolis and it was like a scam and he's like an insane person. You know, it's like, yeah. he's like a crazy, you know, it's like, so, but I know, and I, I have friends that teach him. It's like, I know people who do that. So I think you have to, I think it's almost just who teaches it. Like, and what's the point of yeah, it? Yeah. And so. maybe just like, yeah, do your research, I guess, comedians that are out yeah. there, um, you know, yeah. just check around with other comedians and, and find out which ones are the shitty ones and which ones yeah. are actually... You know, there was one guy, he's like, you'll be a million-dollar headliner if you take my class. It's like, no, you fucking won't. Like, you're not a million-dollar headliner. You know, it's like... Right. So it just kind of... Yeah. yeah it's well, those, It's like those get-rich-quick, uh, you know, classes yeah. or whatever. Like, are you a millionaire? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Uh, did you start out with any other comedians, like, in a, in a group that uh, that you kind of bonded together and kind of moved up the ranks together? Or oh, there's a bunch of us. Mostly no, solo. there's uh, like, so I started with Dan Soder. We started together. Yeah, I remember and, you telling uh, me that about Dan. Yeah, we started I gotta, together. I have to get Dan on here next week. You should. You should get him on. <laughs> he's a little busy. He's a little. He's a little yeah, big for the check drop. I'm not busy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not busy, Chuck. <laughs> he's doing pretty pretty well. Good yeah, for him. I started with Dan. I started with a guy named Johnny Schwartzman. He does improv here in LA. Like I started with a couple of guys that are still doing it, and uh, we see each other on the road and stuff, and. Yeah, it's like, you know, I was just telling Jeff about it because Jeff, my husband and I met, we were both doing open mics together. And yeah. it just, when you think back now, like the good old days was like me, Schwartzbein, Lehrman, Joe Henry, Jeff, like we'd all just sit in Schwartzbein's backyard and smoke cigarettes and talk comedy, like 18 years old. You know, it's like, those are the good old days, you know, like we didn't know what was, that these are going to be our lives, you know. So I was thinking about that. I've got another question here. Uh, Jim Ball. If uh, she, if she had to open up for any headliner, who would she pick and why? I assume. Uh, do you have anybody on your uh, your bucket list? Like, I just would love to work for that person one time. You know, it's so funny because there's guys I like that you think like. Of course, like I mean, I love Chappelle like anybody else, but it's like I don't feel like I feel like I would just eat it in front of him. You know, it's like so I don't know if I'd want to open for him because I don't feel like we have the same audience. You'll and like find I'd that point. You'll find that voice dude, at 25 years, I guess. <laughs> dude, I'm like, I'm like, oh, if I open for Chappelle, I'm like, you guys, it's weird when you poop. And they're like, boo. You know, it's like, it's not my, not my jam. So there's a lot of guys that I like that I don't, that I don't even think I'd be a good opener for. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's guys that I like that I've opened for, you know, there's guys to this day I would still open for and still, you know, I think that we pair well and everything, you know? So yeah. like, I don't know. 
there's I mean I like a lot of guys that I think I wouldn't work well with. <laughs> I, I like it, uh, asking this question too. Like, has there any been uh, anybody you've opened for that you had? I guess you put on a pedestal, and then you got to meet them, and they're like, "Oh, that guy or gal is just an asshole." Oh, do you? I mean, <laughs> I, I have so many stories. I got in a fight with a guy in a club in front of the audience. Like, I have so many stories. I was a twenty-five-year-old girl on the road. Like, yeah, I got a, a guy tried to drag my mattress once outside the condo to the bed because he said open or sleep outside. Like, yeah, I got, I got. Yeah, there's been a couple guys. There's been a couple guys. I worked with one guy. This was. The, I'm not gonna say his name because why would I? But he's really big. He's really really big. And I was opening for him at a funny bone. And he big first of all, she was like eight. girthy or no 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 no, no. not 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 one of the fat guys yeah he's like I mean he's he's a little less famous now which is very satisfying but he like he's like way, he was huge at the time and now he's a little smaller like um, Chris but, D'Elia? oh no oh my god oh my god, oh my god. Sorry. I love, Too soon? I like, he, Too soon. he's one of those guys, I've never met him, I don't know anything about him, but I was so happy when he just got taken down, because he just, see, like, I don't like his comedy, yeah. and I'm just like, good, one guy who's not good at comedy is out of the business, you know, whatever, but um, I also hate people that come from rich families, like, he comes from a rich family, so I just instantly hate him, Well, so I'm Jesse, just like, you can't saying, be judgmental well. that way. I know, but I'm a bootstrap, I bootstrap myself, I, bo- I bootstrapped. <laughs> I feel like you're my so, little sister, I gotta, I gotta. Got to keep you in check. Here. <laughs> no, I mean, I can make fun of Chris D'Elia and Bill Cosby. I'm like, I'm not naming the guys I've worked with. Right. You know. Yeah. But, so and I you're not telling guy. anything that nobody can just Google and find out about no, those people right yeah, now. Yeah. I think everybody I knows do. now about Bill Cosby. I think yeah. everybody. You don't, you don't get far in comedy also not being diplomatic. You know what I mean? Like, we all gossip. We're all chicken hens just gossiping and stuff. But, like, you don't... I would not go on a podcast and talk shit about someone. Like, you just don't do that, you know? And you don't do that in any profession. I'm not going to do it in mine, you know? Like, it's just not something to do. But I worked with a guy. This is... I worked with a guy, and I was, like, so... I loved him. I saw him at a theater. Jeff and I went and saw him at a theater. That's how much I loved him. Like, I'd seen him more than once, and then I got to work with him, and I was so excited. And there was an 8 show, eight o'clock and a 10.30, Friday, Saturday night. I was headlining the front of the week, and then it was co-headline, or whatever, split week, and then I was featuring. And 8 o'clock show rolls around. The openers, he says he only wants 20 minutes in front of him. That's, like, a big thing. So the opener does five, and the opener's a buddy of mine, and then I do 15. And then they're motioning me from the back of the room because he still wasn't there. And so I, they were like, just keep going. So I keep going, whatever. And then I get off because I'm like assuming, like, I did like 25 minutes. I'm like, this is crazy. He's obviously here. And the opener comes back on and does like 15 more minutes. He's still not there. Not there. Right? So he doesn't show up until like 9 o'clock. We're just doing all this time. And so the audience, because he's kind of... Did you have the time dirty. or you were like stretching like... No, oh, I, I had... I had the time. I'm running I, out. I had headlined like Wednesday, Thursday. Like I had, I had the time. But like, and he, so he's still not there, not there. And then he finally shows up. And so the show's really, and he's one of these like dirty comics. And so the audience are rough. The audience are dudes like not being entertained by me in the opener. You know, they're there for dick jokes. And then the late show starts late. Cause it's supposed to start at 1030, but he was so late and he goes over. So the late show starts at like 11, 1130. And it just, this happens both nights. And the audiences are getting angry and rowdy. And like, and I don't blame them. Like at one point I, I told the opener, I was like, I'm going to go on and say he's not here just so that we're not thrown to the wolves. You know, like it's not our fault that he's like not here, you know? So then the late, late, late show. And I, of course we were not allowed in the green room, like all this, all this shit, you know, where it's like, we're not allowed to look him in the eye, all this bull. And then the very last show, he comes up to me and he goes, what the fuck's this guy? And I never, I hadn't talked to him all week. I hadn't talked to him all week. Didn't know him. And he goes, what the fuck's wrong with this audience? And I'm like, it's your audience, like, because you're not here, man. You know, it's like, I was like, oh, I don't know, man. But it's like these guys that just like create these problems. And then he was mad they were rowdy for his show. And I'm like, you're an hour late. <laughs> for you know, like, joke. what do you think? Yeah. And I'm like, I've been up there for 30 minutes. They're not here to see me. You know, like what? And it's just like mind boggling. And then he was just like blaming the audience. And then now he's like super not famous. So it's very satisfying. <laughs> like super, super satisfying. <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, yeah. Good buddy Dave Zemanski. Uh, you talked about how Jesse sent in uh, VHS, but how did you inquire about her? Um, I believe. Hi, Dave. I believe uh, you just sent it in randomly, um, as, um, as many comedians do. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know you did call. Just I moved from Arizona to Minnesota, and when I moved for my husband's job, when I moved, um, 
I had I learned about one nighters. I didn't even know what a one nighter was, and you booked some one nighters. So I literally just like I went on some, some website. I can't remember the name of it that had like a list of all these bookers that booked one nighters. So I just sent a VHS to everyone on the list, just like I want to get work in the Midwest. Like that's how you like I didn't know then, you know. Yeah. And so I just sent you one of the tapes. Like, I didn't even know who you were. And then you asked me if I wanted to do colleges, and I knew that was, like, a prestigious thing. Like, I knew, like, getting into colleges was difficult and everything. So, obviously, I said yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it's funny because uh, the first uh, – when Summit first started, I was more the one-nighters and such. I Because mm-hmm. that was a easy – it's easier to f- – find that you get a club that was doing comedy on a weekly basis you knew you get your commission check coming in every week so i i I remember that was my game plan to get like 10 12 uh, one-nighters and so that's usually about 100 bucks a week off of those so i was like man if i could just make i kind of looked at starting my business like in uh like as a like comedian i was at a point where i was like man i'm like an mc but i'm working every week yeah and i'm a feature status now i'm feeling good then once i got to the headliner spot about and uh, about three or four years in, you know, and that's kind of how I looked at that. But yeah. it flip it flopped because I used to do more one nighters, and then the college market kind of took off, and I kind of mm-hmm. s- seen how how profitable that was, and I and I just knew that market pretty well because starting as a campus activities programmer in college myself, so um, I felt like I had my finger on the pulse of all that, and that's why mm-hmm. I, you know, when I saw you when you sent that in, I was like, oh, this girl, she's great. Plus, <laughs> there's not a lot of funny female clean comedians and that yeah. you you check those boxes so um and even to this day it's still hard to find funny f- clean females there's lots of funny female comedians but as far as you know the edginess and such that they can can tailor the content um to that college market it's it's there i mean if any females are out there i mean jesus i'm always looking i mean so yeah yeah well, i think that's almost like it's kind of it's really hard to be a female comic and i like i talk about this all the time but there are so many shows where i go and not not college is mostly not because they're kind of you know they're younger and they've kind of grown up a little different but you go to a club and there's a 40 year old man with his there's just and that's like yeah Yeah. it's like they and that's it and it's like so a lot of women will do dirty material because i'll get those guys and like i do like i can do dirty i actually enjoy doing dirty but i can't like i also mostly just do clean just out of habit now okay i've never Um, thought of that approach that's why they tailor yeah because they want to fit in and they got to be one of the guys and they have to like i can't go up and be like i had i had my perineum teared when i when i gave birth to my son you're not going to make those guys laugh doing that you know what i mean like that's not yeah, no, I and, I don't, do women have a perineum? I don't think that's what it's And called. then, but back yeah, in the day, guys. like the um, like the clean comedians, like say Ellen or uh, um, or who, who's the other one? I'm trying to think. Paula Poundstone was famously mm-hmm. clean, so yeah. I think they were probably had it a little bit easier because there wasn't as many female comedians out there. So they're just yeah. I, don't know. I mean, what there's what a lot say, of guys. What do you Sorry. say when 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 people say females aren't funny? I mean, because that that's been in the news quite a bit, um, not as of late, but like there was a stretch in about six years ago. I remember articles are coming out and it's just saying that. And I actually have a logical, I actually have a logical answer to that. Oh, and besides tell. the, I'm saying besides <laughs> the emotional one of guys that say that are pieces of shit, like those yeah. are guys who've never pleased their wife, and I truly believe that. Like, <laughs> but like job, I actually Jesse. have. Thank you. Good shock. All right, I'm out of here. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to lean out. Mike drop have, on the tech drop. <laughs> yeah. I have a logical numbers answer. I actually have an answer. Um, is that when you see, so there's a smaller ratio of women in comedy. So for every 100 men you see, there's 10 women. Okay, so it's the same ratio. Okay. But if you find 90 of those guys not funny and 10 of those guys funny, 10%, you go, oh, I didn't like those other guys, but I like those guys. But if you see 10 women and you think nine of them aren't funny, you say women aren't funny. But it's just a numbers game. You are enjoying the same ratio, sure. but you you notice because so if you do if there's a show with 10 men and or nine men and one woman and you didn't like her, but you also didn't like eight of the guys, you're not gonna you're not gonna say, oh, I, I don't think men are funny, but you're gonna but the same ratio you didn't enjoy the women. So people, I think, don't realize that it's a numbers game. And people are so, dumb. 
at math. People are dumb. <laughs> Look, I don't even know if I did the math right on that. I, I think so. I was doing it. I was like, like that's 10% of yeah. that and 10% you see of... What I'm saying? Yeah. Like, no, I genuinely sense. believe it's a numbers game of you not realizing. You know, it's like if you drive by 10 blue cars and they're, and nine of them are driving shitty and you drive by one red car that's driving, you go, oh, that, that guy in the red, you know, whatever. It's like, so you point out the thing that's different. But it's not there. Women are not less funny. There's just less doing funny things. So right. the ones that you don't like, you think, oh, women aren't funny. Because you can watch 10 so. women and think one is great and nine are exactly. not. Exactly. Just- but you watch 100 men and only nine of them make you laugh. And you go, oh, well, those guys weren't funny. But these guys, you don't think about it that way. Right. So, yeah, I think it's I, just a numbers game. I truly I, believe I'm that. glad I asked that question because I like your, yeah. your, your math. And, um, I'm saying it's just a math answer. And women can do math, too, I hear. So... <laughs> You here. I count on my fingers. My sister's always like, I literally will count on my fingers for things. I'm like, I'm doing math. She's like, you're adding. Why are you doing that on your fingers? Like, I, There's many a time uh, I've ever like talking to you about commissions and you're like, I don't know. I suck at math. I could be sending you more than I yeah. need to, but like, I'll keep you. I in just check. send you money. I, if you just I, tell me, send me this money, I will send you the money. Like I just send it to you. I don't ask. So, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm doing it all wrong over here. <laughs> It's like, no, it's 80%. Yeah, if you just told me a number, I would just write you a check. Like, that's, I don't even understand why You're I'm telling not me to way do that. too much now. <laughs> Especially during the times where I might need some. Oh, yeah. Such yeah, money. times are tough. Times are tough, Jack. Times are <laughs> tough. Very, and I mean, kid in college now, man. This, this shit's pricey. So. Yeah. Is he still there? Uh, yeah, we actually were up there this past weekend, and uh, he doesn't like it, but uh, he is there, and he comes home quite a bit more than oh. you would think you would, but. Uh, but um, yeah, he's he's gonna be up there for at least another week and a half. So, <laughs> and then he's, he comes home on like events, you know, for his friends' birthdays and such. And yeah, but it's I don't blame him. It's, I just he, meant like COVID wise, like it's still open and everything. Yeah, he plays yeah. the the game every day. He looks at the uh, the tally because the, there's a tally on the website. <laughs> so, what do you think? Over under? <laughs> yeah, one twenty one. So, yeah. So, yeah. It's good times, 2020. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's bad. It's Things are bad. So you mentioned so. your uh, husband. Um, I knew he did stand up. And he was, you met in Arizona as well. Mm-hmm. And you met at a club. Yeah. So yeah. What, what sparked him to not follow that comedy dream and let you do your comedy dream? I mean, because that seems to... It's out of the norm, I would say. If um, you know, well, I wouldn't really put it that way. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I well, he didn't I sacrifice asked. his dream. Yeah, no. Like, okay, like, hey, he's not. I'm not like. I'm not like. Hey, I got him shut in the closet. He does what I say. Like, it's not like it's not like that. Like, I just it wasn't. I love your husband, by the way. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, he's uh, he's playing Spider Man into the universe, whatever that game is right now. Um, is he, anybody watching your kid? Oh, he's at preschool. Oh, okay. Yeah. We pay people to not deal with our son. Okay. Uh, All right. Just check it. Uh, no, I have to, when I do virtual shows, I have to, like, I, ha- I rent, like, a studio space because I'm, like, my my son, if he heard me talking in another room, would be like, what are you doing? What's going on? Why are you, who are you talking to? And I'd be, like, have to pick him up during shows. You don't want to put him into so. your act? Oh, I would. He's so cute. People would love him. He's super cute. He's really, really adorable. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't find, he doesn't find me funny. Like, which is, which is hurtful. <laughs> yeah. Well, nobody in my but, family does. I'm not a comedian, yeah. but yeah, you would think uh, they'd laugh a little bit at your jokes. But, yeah. yeah. But no, my Jeff was like, we both did it, but he never, we tried to buy a club once long story that I'm oh, not going to tell on this, but like, yeah, we tried to buy a club, but he, he like, that was always his dream, you know, was more to like be on the business end of it. So, and that's something we've talked about, which certainly we're not buying a business in 2020. It's not, we're not going to bu- open a, a business that relies on crowds now. But like, that was always more his thing. So he did it a lot too. Like he likes being involved, but yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like the same. Like I was like, I'm like, I'm like, this is just what I do, you know? So it was like a little different. If you weren't a comedian, um, what would you be now? What's, what's your plan B? If, if say COVID shut it down 100% entirely, what would you do besides being a mom? Um, well, I... I write like that's more my main like what I what I'm like passionate about. like I the, the, this is really weird to say but I feel like I fell into comedy like I was like always funny always wanted to be a comic but my passion has always been writing like I've always spent like hours writing you know to then then performing like I feel like I'm just like naturally good at performing but it's not like 
like I've I've always wanted to be a writer, so I've just been writing. Like I've written two movies so far this year, two screenplays, and like I'm putting together a pitch deck for this pilot. Like that's just more like I'm, I want to do something more difficult than comedy. I want to do something with a harder chance of being successful. I'm like I'm like maybe lightning will strike twice for me. Maybe this can happen twice. Like <laughs> hey, you won't know if you don't so, try. I know it's like that's just like I wrote. I submitted screenplays to contests this year and made it pretty far. You know, it's like so. Like that's just that's what I spend my time doing. When my son's at school, I just write all day. So right. yeah, but so I don't right. know what I would do. Yeah, <laughs> that's you just mm-hmm. throwing scripts in a universe and see if they come back and with it with a uh, that's really with like a million dollar I'm offer. writing like yeah super weird dramatic screenplays and I'm hoping someday that something will happen with them. So yeah, it might happen. Yeah, you yeah. never know. Um, so. <laughs> So what is what is your happy place outside of uh, um, stand up? I mean, to... my family. Like, I don't know. What's my happy place? Well, I, I know, know. You, uh, you used to you used to be a gamer. I mean, I, I know yeah, that was about was, you. Like, yeah. I used to kind of like uh, like try to describe your comedy to people, and it, it's it was hard because like I felt like you always just one of the bros, you know. Uh, well, that's what like yeah, I think that too. Like, which I, which I didn't think with female comics, like myself personally, like I've never viewed myself like as a woman. Like, like I'm not. I don't view the world through that lens. And weird, like I don't know how to describe this. So I'm just like I just hang out. You know, it's like I my mom was like that where she didn't raise us like with tea parties and you know we weren't raised that way. So it's like we're just people. You know, and like I think that that kind of translates to my comedy is just like I'm just a person. Like I'm not up here talking about female problems. You know, I'm up here just a person talking about my things. You know, but yeah, my, I play I play things. video games. I'm yeah, I'm playing Red Dead Redemption Two. I just finished it and I'm playing it again. I literally stopped it, like I finished it and then restarted it. So that's what well, I'm doing in my free time right I now. I asked because I thought I'd seen something that you had sold your games or gave them away oh, or something. And that I was, was like, an, oh. I didn't. Re- yeah, I didn't realize that was a misleading post because I, I, we finally got rid of our PlayStation Three, uh, which is the old one. We're like, because okay. I played over a thousand hours of Fallout, and so I got rid of my Fallout. But we have a PlayStation Four. Like I'm like, I'm not out of games. We just bought a Switch. Like I'm not out of games. Yeah, did <laughs> like, I buy you a Fallout uh, something something for your when Owen was born? Like <laughs> you bought me a Fallout onesie. Yeah, I actually have a picture of it. But yeah, you bought me a Fallout onesie. <laughs> that's oh how much I knew you were committed. Yeah, that's how. That's it's. Yes. And I love my, I love, I'm trying to find it, but yeah, it's going to be so, ugh, anyway. I can't so, like, as far as stand-up goes, I mean, obviously, you still enjoy it, I'm assuming. Or yeah. is it just like, hey, you know, I, I back myself into a corner and this is all I can do? <laughs> dude, well, Bill Burr said something, like, a while ago where he said it's almost like you've been in prison. Because you reach a certain point where you're at a certain age where you can't, like, come out of it. It's like, when you get released from prison, you have no job experience, no nothing. Like, yeah. no one's going to hire you. It's like, I'm like... I didn't go to college. I've been to co- There's nothing on my resume. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to put, like, I'm going to put, like, the funny bone on my resume. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no, so you have to keep going. You know, Absolutely. like, you don't have a choice. Like, but I also, like, I thought I wouldn't miss it. And then I did a live show, you know, like, a couple weeks ago. And I was like, I, I could not believe, like, how excited I was to go up. Like, Were you I tell myself... No, you know what's so funny? I I mean, I've been doing the virtual shows, which is not the same, but I have been saying the jokes. But then just getting up there, it was like, because, and I, I'm a big, like, what, I mean, I've been doing comedy so long, and, like, I know my sets, you know, I know my jokes, but I'll write them out over and over again. Like, if I have a show, I'll write them out, like, a hundred times. And so then when I get up there, I don't have to worry about that. And, like, the second I got up there, it was just, like, I was so excited to be up there. I didn't feel rusty. You know, the show went well. I didn't feel rusty. And I, but I was, I think also I brought that like, like newbie excitement, you know, where it's like, it's been so long and I was like super excited to go up. Did you have your so, mask on or no? I took it off. I kept it on the whole time. Then I took it off when I got up there and the guy introduced me and he had a mask. on. I was like, you leave that. Off. I was like, if he takes that off and talks in my microphone, I was like, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. You so, mentioned yeah. Uh, wiping down after Chris Killian and, uh, and, and it's something I just, I guess I've never really thought about it. Like the, the germ aspect, of, I'm sure there's so many. Oh, when you're at an open mic and you're sharing a micro with 10 people, like that's fucking gross. That's fucking, you can smell, I've had more than once where I can smell someone's breath. Like you can smell it on the microphone and that makes my stomach turn. So like, do you disgusting. always do that? Do you always uh, clean the mic off before going up? No, cause you can't like, then you're, then you're a weirdo. 
Yeah. Then you have to address the fact that you just wiped a microphone You're down. I'll Howie just suffer, but I will say something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a guy once at a, it was actually at a college, so he was one of the like students, and he introduced me, and he his breath was. I said something on stage. And then, like, I kind of made a joke about it. It was fine. But I mean, I probably shouldn't have, but I did. I was just so, like, this is disgusting. And then the next year or two years later, I went back to that school and I told them that story. And the girl was like, that's my boyfriend. Like, it was, like, <laughs> it was her boyfriend. Yeah, and I was like, oh, he got, he got bad breath. I mean, what do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> it's so bad. I say a lot of things I shouldn't, so. But what no, I, I, I don't know that about yeah. you. <laughs> Do you uh, ever see yourself retiring from stand-up, or is this something you just keep doing? I don't, like, my goal in life is to do nothing. That's, like, every day I only work to get to do nothing. Like, that's, so it's, like, I only sit down and I'll make myself right. Like, I wrote a screenplay from inception of the idea, from the very first moment to the finished draft, was 51 days, which is, like, really fast. Because I'm, like, if I finish this, then I can goof around. But that's not doing, that's doing something. Yeah, but then I get my reward is doing nothing. Like, I will sit down. You're and, implying like, that you're just sitting on a couch, like, just <laughs> staring but I off am. Like, face. But I was saying, like, that's my, like, literally, like, my son goes to preschool. He's gone from 8 to 4. So I'm like, if I write from 8 to noon and I get, like, 20 pages done, then I can play video games for four hours, you know, with no consequences and no, like, I don't have to feel bad about my day. So I work really hard because I don't want to do anything ever. Like, I, my goal is to make enough money that I'm, like, I don't have to get off my couch ever again. So I'm, like, working really hard to get to have that reward. Like, but then again, I was, like, really Fair. missing being, you know, it's, like, well, excited to get on stage. I guess if so. you get to that that level of richness, you can just you can just do that. Yeah. You go, hey, I, I just, I'll just go get up on stage whenever I want. And you don't even yeah. have to get paid. Just, just. I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'll try to book you more. <laughs> Dang, come on. Come on, man. We're in a pandemic. Come on. I'm, money. I'm trying these schools are really weird like a lot of them are just like booking like a week out type scenario just because they're yeah you just booked me one for like two like three days from now and right because they're all yeah. pivoting on on a dime and they don't want to book any like too far out in advance just because it's yeah. going to create more headaches for them so yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's really weird how this is all panning out it's good times. So, it's uh, been such a, like, I feel lucky to have the work, though, like, colleges, too. Like, it's really, we're lucky they're open, and we're lucky. I mean, right. luckier, I mean, maybe they're spreading the pandemic. Who knows? But it's, like, there's guys that don't, just aren't working right now. You know, so it's, like, I don't take it for granted. Right. Well, like you just said, like, uh, I, like I don't know what else to do. You know, I, yeah. I, I have, I am the same way. And when you book comedy for yeah. 25 years, you're, like, well, I mean. Well, at least I, you have business acumen, you know? It's, like, I don't even have that. I have that, but like, where am I going to go? Like I like, what would I do? Right. I I I I like what I do, and that's the best part about my business. So if I had to go sell uh, lawn equipment or something, oh my god, I'd slip my wrist on day one. I think <laughs> that's what my sister was telling like me. That. She's like, you like can't I, work in a job. Yeah, like yeah. we can't work jobs. Like if I had to go sit in an office for eight hours, I would kill myself. Like you oh, can't. We're I'd not built for too, that probably. kind of work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, having to take direction from somebody else. Yeah. I mean, holy shit. That's no way. Comedians are so like when I like I've done you know cruises and they're like, hey, have to go get a name badge, and I'm like, no, I don't. Like I don't listen to people. You know, it's like you're so used <laughs> you're to like right. I'm my own boss. Like I just I book my own travel. I show up to a show. I do my show. It's like wait, I have to go to a meeting. Like, are you out of your mind? Oh like you, you don't want to do it. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that pre-meeting, uh, uh, what's the uh, all hands on deck or the uh, what, what oh the the, the uh, mustard drill? Yeah, yeah, the mustard yeah. drill. They go to your mustard stations. You have to do that, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because you or have you to hide out in your room. Well, we used to, and that was like super illegal. And so now they like make you go, and you it's like in. it's. Oh just, yeah, they do like a check-in with the, like your badge and everything. Like it's all. Yeah, like, and we yeah. now the last one I did, we had to get on the boats, like the rescue boats and shit, and it was like. I, I was like, I was like, I'm a comedian. Like, what am I doing here? You know, like this is. I was like getting really angry. It's like I'm like, here with the cooks. Like, I was just here four here? days ago on the ship uh, on the yeah. last set, cruise. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you like doing the cruises? You know, people look down on them, but they are like. I think that's changing now. You know, like as the landscape changes a little bit. Yeah. But they are so much fun, and they are like. 
it's like a party. Like I've worked at comics that I that I'm like, man, this is fun. Like we're having a great week. Like we're going to lunch together, then we do the shows, yeah. and you know, it's like then we watch the band afterwards. Like, and it's like fun. It's like going to a club, and they make you be clean, which a lot of people have a problem with, but I don't have a problem with. Like they're just normal shows. You know, it's like I don't understand where I think there's this stigma from like the '90s in the early '20s. You know, that, but like now that stigma's gone. Yeah, you know, the, stig- it's like, the stigma was that's normal. where you go when your career dies. So. Yeah, it's like and now normal. Like I know young guys doing them, and guys yeah. that are on the up and up. You know, it's like guys that are coming up. It's like because it's work, and it's it, you know, it's like we want to work. Yeah. So I remember Roy Wood Jr. telling me one time, he goes, "Hey man, um, don't tell my manager, but just book me one on the side." I yeah. Wanna, I want to <laughs> do one, and I and yeah. I was like, All right, uh, "Okay, but he'll probably find out." And he goes, "All right, man, don't worry about it then." <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, they're they're honestly like I've had. They're great to do, like I do a lot of college and stuff, but almost like, because clubs, the pay for clubs has not, has not gone up. You know, it's like in you make the same feature now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like weird. I started comedy. It's might, like. Might have gone have, down. Like, even. That's what, it's like, you, like I, I was doing a club where I would co-headline and like, this is a club I would, I've done like a long time. And then the last time I did, I was like, book it. She goes, oh, just so you know, there's no more hotel. It's like, wait, what? Like, so I'm supposed to come out for a week. Gonna sleep and make car? no money. Yeah, I'm like, and then now you're just like, oh, by the way, there's no hotel. Like, wait, I'm sorry, what? So it's like, but then you go on a cruise, it's like, and you make more money, and then you have nothing. You know, like things are provided. Yeah, like, you know, you don't have to fly you there. Lot, and, but it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, so why would I look down on work that it's work where they were like, I mean, some lines don't respect you, but it's like where like you actually have like work, and you don't have to worry about that stuff. Like, there's so many places where you lose money. Like as a comic, you lose money for so right. long. You make no money for just so long. Just to get on that stage. Like, yeah. And it's like, why would I still do that? You know, it's like crazy. Yeah. When do you think the uh, cruise ship market will be back? Dude, it's one of those things that like, because I'm part of all those groups and stuff is like everybody. Oh, oh September. Oh, October. Oh, no, like, yo, it's not like they open some in Europe and then they yeah. close them right back down. So, yeah. I, just I mean, I don't e- know. I got an email today from Carnival asking for, um, I think it's the Mardi Gras. It's starting back in February, and they were looking for mm-hmm. uh, um, variety acts such as uh, ventriloquists. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I didn't know that they were already like kind of setting their their yeah, uh, sale dates, I guess. But I don't. That seems a little early. But you know what? Yeah, I, There's tons of people that that are ready to go, and they don't believe in this shit, and they're ready to go. So, <laughs> but they're gonna shut it yeah. all down right after that, I guess. Because it's like the it's, second like it's gonna take the one ship person. I was on. Yeah. yeah, like the ship I was on when we got off in March, like we were like, what's going to happen? Because there was already a ship they weren't letting dock, you know? So it's like, do you want to be on that ship where they go, you're not going home for six weeks? You know, like, do you want to be on that ship? Like, I think people are going to book them, but the second one of them is kept out at sea for any anything, it's going to shut back down the second it happens. Yeah. I mean, they, they so. shut down, you know, they already got enough bad uh, press about them when when somebody gets you know they have the uh the food poisoning going on and such i got the norovirus on one yeah so oh yeah 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 i lost 13 pounds in like nine days it was amazing like it was just incredible it was so great it was so amazing i was so sick i was so sick that's <laughs> not great. the best uh, uh weight loss program but Did i tell you that's why i'm not i i used to be a vegan i was a vegetarian for years yeah and then just i don't know i'm stupid and then I had the norovirus and I didn't eat for a week, over a week, I couldn't eat solid food. And then this one day I was back at home, I was like ravishingly hungry. I've never been that hungry in my life, never. And I was like, if I don't get a hamburger in me right now, I'm gonna murder someone. And I ate two hamburgers. It was the first guy I ate in like a week and I never went back. Like that was like, my body wasn't like, I need kale. You know, it was like, I need to eat a hamburger now. And I've never been vegetarian since, like never since. But that's yeah. all it took was just norovirus I, and then yeah well you had already made up your mind that that was a bad idea anyways i mean because oh, yeah. meat, meat's so good so delicious <laughs> delicious nothing tastes as good as meat. uh what's the one milestone in your career that if you attained uh, obtained it you would be completely happy with like that was a zenith if never gets any better than that um i don't know there's i think probably stand-up wise is obviously like a netflix special you know because that's like and although they some of them yeah, it's like a drive like they, special that's very true and that's that's Which, been like really great like yeah that's, that's been really good for me that's helped you has that helped your career yeah. you think 
Um, I think so. It's, you, you build fans. You know, it's like I'll get an email from someone like I saw a dry bar and it was hilarious. It's like, well, that's person's if that person took time out of their day to tell you how much they liked you. You know, it's like that's like really yeah. that's touching because you don't have to do that. You know, it's like that's not something that's required. Like, like I enjoy things. and I just move on with my life. You know, it's like so it, that's been really big for me. But just to reach a bigger audience, you know, to be able to like fill a theater, you know, it's like people who came to see you is like pretty crazy. Yeah, they're so. uh, doing the dry bar uh, again. They're start. I think they start this weekend. Yeah, I think you told me that. Um, yeah, yeah. I I booked like nine or ten for this go round. Mm-hmm. I'm running out of people to even like reach out <laughs> to. But uh, they, they, I want to uh, do another one. But I have I've been writing more dirty material. Like I've been I've been purposely yeah. like I have a seven minute bit on Jeff getting high for the first time in his life as a forty year old man, <laughs> and like so it's like I want to do that, but it's like I can't do I can't do that on dry bar. Yeah, yeah, probably not the the best avenue for that one but yeah, yeah i mean yeah. but yeah now they only have to do 20 minute sets instead of the 40 so mm. I, I think they quickly realized too like wait we've gone through all the comedians out in, in the u.s can do 40 minutes like squeaky Dude, mormon clean so the guy i worked with they never aired his like it was there's that a lot. like there's a lot they yeah didn't air, so. i know a couple other comics they didn't air too because it's like people don't realize how hard it is to be funny and translate on tape and be clean be 100 percent right. clean like, yeah, that's I mean, not easy. I mean, you can't, like, you, you take it for granted, like, clean. You think clean, but then you think, like, it's not even TV clean. It's, like, squeaky. Like, you couldn't say yeah. well, the that, Lord's name in vain. I mean, mm-mm. that it's really clean. Yeah. So. Well, they, you know, they put, like, warnings. Like, they have a number of warnings, and you get, like, paid off, like, if you don't have a lot of warnings. I had oh, yeah, seven yeah, online. Check, check mark. Yeah. Really? Seven? Really? That's, what I'm, that's what I'm telling you. Like, but it's, like, you would go, like, what, oh, what, are, hate, the, what are the check like, marks? That, well, see, I don't, I don't know what they are specific. I have to look it up. But it's, like, you say something, like, oh, I hate dogs. And you go, well, you said hate. Like, yeah. that's, yeah, it's, uh, like, so yeah. even things where you think, oh, I, I, like, I'm, it's I'm trying to quickly go like, through your set, like, where, yeah, yeah. and I punch her in the face. <laughs> oh, violence. Well, that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, punch her in the back of the head. like that. Like, yeah. Like, I think I didn't do that one because I used the B word in that. But it's, like, there's so many things like that where you don't think that it's, like, a bad joke. But they're, like, oh, no, no, you can't. That's not okay. Like, yeah. yeah. Funny. All right, well, this is the part of the time uh, that we have to wrap it up. It's the uh, check drop. So we've already been Great. Ch- we've been chatting for over an hour. Can you believe that? Oh, my God. It only feels like 58 <laughs> minutes. I can't believe it's been an hour. Well, we could chat for hours. But, uh, um, That's true. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one more question, um, and then we're going we're gonna to send you on your way. Um, okay. And let's do this. Uh, what is the worst gig you've ever had? I mean, well, I... I want to have two questions, two questions. Um Let's we'll, we'll flip it around on the questions. Um, okay. The let's end with the the worst gig you ever had. But um, also want to open up the door to you. Do you have any questions for me that you've always wanted to know since you've been working with me for so long that you've never I asked mean, me or whatever? We're pretty open. Yeah. You know. It's but like, I don't know if you uh, maybe I'm gonna start doing that. Like, hey, do you have a question for me? If you know me, you know when I'm interviewing somebody. So. See, I'm like I, I have I feel questions, like you know me but pretty I'm like, well. Yeah, I'm like I don't really. I'm like I know who you hate the most. I know who you who on your roster you don't like. You know, it's like I know these. I know the answer to these questions. Like I know who you like right. the most. You right. know, it's like yeah. I know these things. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I don't right, have so, any questions because we know right. each other. Okay. Cool. All right. So let's just. Uh, what's the worst gig um, you've ever done in your career that you just okay. know, you always go to like oh shit that's the one. Okay, this is a doozy and it has a funny story attached. Okay. Um, so I worked with at the Stardom. Okay, in, in Alabama, Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. Got it. Which is a beautiful, amazing club, and I've done and like done Hello, well. Bruce. Hello, Dina. Yeah, it's like it's an amazing club, but it like it depends on who you work with crowd wise. Like okay. I've done shows there. I did one with the guy. I can't remember his name. The guy from um, Mad TV who does Stewart. I can't, Mike McDonald is that his name, or that's a hurrah, hurrah. that's that guy. But um, <laughs> that's my Mike McDonald impression. <laughs> so, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that guy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway. Um, but it was like great because it was like an audience, you know, that like somewhat of my audience. Like I've I've done shows and done really well. Okay. And then I worked with um, Jimmy JJ Wa- Jimmy Walker, Jimmy JJ Walker, the Dynamite, Dynamite guy. Dynamite. Yes. You know who does not find me adorable is older black people from the south who do not relate to my problems. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And they like, like I do a joke about getting pulled over. I mean, this was like 10, 15 years ago, but I do a joke about get, and they were just like, we get killed when we get pulled over. And I'm like, isn't it funny when you get pulled over? You know, it's like, so they were not having. And so I had like terrible show Thursday. I was featuring all week and the opener was Southern. White guy, but Southern. So like they okay. loved him. 
it really thicks up. And I come up, I'm a northerner, I'm a Yankee, you know, I'm like, I don't, I don't have any problems. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like, hey, y'all. Like, I would have done well if I, if I said y'all just once. But it was like, I'm eating it so bad that the manager, I, I go short because I'm like, I can't stay up. I mean, these people loathed me. They didn't just not like me. They loathed me. And the manager comes up to me after the show and was, it was like Friday night. He's like, please just come back tomorrow. He's like, please just don't not show up. <laughs> like, and I was like, I was considering not showing up. You know, like, I was like, I was really considering it. But it was just, I mean, people, and justifiably, I don't feel like they related to me. And it's like, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm pretty relatable to a lot of different audiences, but yeah. they did not. Like, there's so many, so many barriers. Like, even Southern. Southern is tough to break, you know, if they don't like you right off the bat. Did like, they feel time? insulated. Yeah, I only had to do, like, 20, 25 minutes. But, like, I think well, they 20, cut me down 25 to 15. minutes is a long time. If no, it's a shit. very, very long, <laughs> long time. But they, I had one good thing, because, like, I ended up leaving. Well, okay, I have two quick stories related to this one. But um, there was these guys in the park, these young guys in the parking lot. I left after my set, because, like, I can't, like, I can't stay here. I can't be out when the audience comes out. Cause I can't face these people, you know, like they're, they yeah. hate me so much. And like, um, Oh, do you want, did you want me to tell the Charlottesville story? Okay. Anyway, but, uh, that one story I had to call you about, but do you remember what I'm talking about? But anyway, so this guy goes in the audience. He goes, yeah. you were so funny. He goes, I had to walk out of him. Cause he's like a younger guy. And he's like, you were fun. So that was like, I felt better. You know what I mean? Like that he, like there were people who thought I was funny. It just wasn't the majority of the audience, but that show I eat when I'm sad. So I'm sad a lot. So like before the show, I went to Sonic. There's a Sonic across the street. So it's like 7 p.m. The show's at 8 or whatever. I go to Sonic, Sonic, that like hot dog place. Yep. And I, I get an 1,800 calorie meal, okay? And I eat it. And I'm like nervous for the show. And I leave the show at like 8 o'clock, 8.30. I leave the show early. And I go back to that Sonic. And I get another 1,800 calorie meal. And the same girl served me. <laughs> And she just let I was just like, okay, we get it. We get it. This is shameful. This is shameful. I ate two 1800 calorie meals in like an hour and a half of each other. Out of sa- I was so just sad. Crying. So sad. Yeah, so sad. So sad. So, yeah. Uh, well, Jesse. It's one of my worst. That's amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that story, and I'm glad uh, you yeah. got to share it with everyone. So, yeah. hey, uh, I appreciate you uh, coming on. Um, the podcast appreciate here. you having and me yeah you're you're the best so <laughs> I, uh, you are i miss you, you maybe wanna... i'll see you at naca next year maybe i won't uh, i don't know uh, what's I, gonna I, happen I, in the world i kind of like the virtual naca world <laughs> to be honest <laughs> the travel you know my virtual shows have been okay i have not hated them as much as i thought i would and i've been doing yeah. a slideshow like i've been doing like multimedia stuff i might pop so in and watch well. your next one i can't believe you haven't you said you were going to well, I don't want to put you on the spot. I uh, I jumped into Kevin Bozeman's the other day just to uh, watch and. Um, I do get nervous if I know you're watching. Yeah, so there's not a. I guess I could go in under a different name or something, mm-hmm. so you don't think you're like <laughs> Block Monson. Like who's this? Who's this? <laughs> Block Monson. <laughs> Perfect. We're gonna end on that. Uh, all right. So, uh, all right. Anybody out there uh, listening uh, need a comedian for anything? Uh, go to summitcomedy.com. Jesse, we Chuck love you. Chuck is the best. Thank Chuck you very much, Jesse. And uh, Thank stay you. safe and uh, give you your too. family uh, a hug. And we'll see I will. You, on, you too. See you on the flip <laughs> side. All right. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye.